0: Okay, so it's Monday, June 5th, uh, 2017. That's a pilot project uh, of my podcast, uh, which is going to be titled as Shift-M. The name is... uh, I'm going to explain the name first. Uh, it means the M is the the it's if you if you hit the shift M on the keyboard it's going to be the capital M which means that um, the M is capital meaning that it's coming from management so the podcast will be about management questions and problems and ideas and concepts and um, the, the the capital M will mean that we're going to try to improve the way management works now. So we'll discuss... I'm planning to make it the podcast for discussions. So I'm not sure what's going to be the right format. We'll try to make it interesting. Uh, But I'm not sure about the format. I've been participating in a number of podcasts before. And uh, I can't say I'm really satisfied by... Uh, by the content and the, forma, and the format of them, of all of them, even though some of them are good. So this podcast I'll try to make at least interesting, not boring. So Shift-M, the name is coming from M, is the big capital M for the management. And also if you pronounce it all together, it's going to be Shift-M, meaning like let's shift them a little bit. So let's shift the traditional uh, understanding of management. Specifically in software teams, so we're gonna focus on software companies and software teams. Uh it's gonna be sound only, so no video, just pure sound. So it's gonna be just podcast, which I will upload then to SoundCloud, and then it will be available on all the podcast well on, on iTunes for sure, and then many and, and then some uh, platforms. So now we'll try this format. I'm just uh uh Yeah, one more thing, it will take exactly one hour. So each episode will happen once a week. Um, We're gonna record it on Monday, um, uh, the same time as now, I'll announce this time later. I mean, I'll I'll post it on the website, on the blog. So it's gonna be every week on Monday, exactly one hour. And I will be the host, so I will be the the, resident, so I'll be always here. And then I will allow listeners, so you guys, to jump in and uh, join the discussion at any moment you want. So you just need a a link uh, for the Zoom meeting. You can get that link in my Telegram group. Just click the link. Uh, You will need to install Zoom, or if you have Zoom, you can just join. And you will be in the meeting. Your microphone will be be muted, so you cannot uh, speak right away. But, just shoot me a message if you want to share something, and I hope you will share something and then i 'll just unmute your microphone and you will be and you will be uh, everybody will hear you and we'll discuss so I hope that the podcast will be quite interactive, so it 's not going to be me speaking all the time, but we will have guests, and these guests are you guys who who can jump in, share your ideas. I mean, argue with me, that's what I'm looking for. And it's always going to be about management. So we're not going to talk about programming, object-oriented programming or not object-oriented programming, just management of how software teams can be managed in a better way, uh, what kind of mistakes we're making, how we can improve, and with a specific focus on um, probably distributed management and a better management. So maybe not just distributed management, but a better management in general. so I have some subjects to discuss, but I don't have a specific agenda which I will will have to uh, stick to. Uh, instead, I'll just drop a few subjects. I'll start the discussion. I'll 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 show my my opinions about them, and then I hope you will be able to join. So I really expect that kind of format from this podcast that I will be starting, and then you will join in, and then we will listen to you more than to me well of course i will give my opinions as well because i think people are sometimes interested to know what i'm thinking but more interesting is to to have um your input to to the subjects and to the topics i'm i'm gonna uh, i'm gonna suggest so that's the intro i think i gave you all the necessary information again if you wanna if you want your microphone to be unmuted Just somehow let me know about that in this chat or in Telegram and I will just unmute your microphone and then you can say whatever you want. So it's quite informal. Don't, let's not pretend to be, you know, let's not pretend to be very strict in the beginning at least. Just let's speak. Uh, So enough for the intro. So the subject, the subject now is um, I'll share what I did Uh, over the last two weeks I was in two quite big conferences one in Riga in Latvia and another one in Kiev in Ukraine in Riga it was uh, Riga Dev Days It was my first time I've never been there before and my talk was uh, the first one was a keynote speech where I uh, shared my understanding of What's going to happen with the industry, with the software industry in the future, and how we will, how our profession, our job, as programmers, will be transferred, and what, how it's going to look in the future. And I said almost not the same, but I had a similar discussion, similar talk, in J E Conf. Uh, it's a Java conference in Kiev. Mm, but I had a talk not about Java specifically, but again about the future of programmers. There are quite good talks. I mean, I, I was I was satisfied with with the with the quality of of talks I made. I'm in most cases I'm not really satisfied, but in this case, I think I was happy uh, of the um, uh, of the content I was able to deliver. So I would recommend you to watch. They both are available on YouTube on my channel. Just take a look. They're like 40 minutes each. And they're different, even though they're about the same subject. But they're actually different. I'm saying uh, different things in each of them. And I said there that one of the things which I uh, suggested to my fellow programmers and you guys, uh, not just suggested but predicted, that uh, the industry will be will have a tremendous change because of us programmers going global and starting to work remotely. So that's what I think will happen to many companies. That's what I said. That's what I said will happen to many companies who are gonna work remote and people will programmers will stay home in most cases. They're not gonna go to the their offices, they're not gonna work in, in cubicles anymore. They will be just working from uh, from homes, from from seaside, from uh, from Starbucks, from coffee shops, everywhere. Instead of coming together to the office, and I said the same. And, and because of that, I I proposed, I I suggested programmers what to change, how to change their attitude to the to the job they're doing, what needs to be done differently, how much money we're going to make because of that, how to make more money working remotely, how to. Uh, uh, to present yourself on the market better so that they can find you easily, so they can pay you more, all that thing. So I would really d- recommend to watch that. But, however, I didn't say one thing there in these both presentations. I didn't say that actually I don't believe that remote that working remotely is actually helping companies now. So I didn't say that, but I see this problem right now. So working remotely sounds like a good idea, but in reality, it's not. In reality, distributed teams, which have people working from different places, not from the central office, they fail, so they cannot actually uh, deliver the the software they they're working on they cannot produce high quality they they just can't complete their projects and and i've seen that's that's my experience so even though i said that things at the presentations i promised programmers that that's going to be the future the reality which i see right now is way different so right now companies cannot work with distributed teams they just fail so what they call distributed is that they have an office in Silicon Valley, and then they have an office in uh, Spain. And then in Spain, there are like five, ten people, and then in Silicon Valley, there are two, three people. And that's what they call distributed. But these two teams, they work separately, and they just synchronize their results sometimes. But in general, they just just, uh, produce different things, and they're just two separate projects. Or they have an office in, in Boston, and then they have an office in Kiev, and, and in Kyiv they have 25 programmers, and in Boston they have five programmers. And that's what they call distributed work. And even in that configuration, they suffer from a lot of problems. They suffer from quality problems, they suffer from managing, manageability problems, they just can't Deliver as good as they would be able to do if they move all these 25 people from Kiev to Boston and then and then Put them together in the same office. So they are doing right now. This distributed work Mostly or only for the reason of saving money They just these these programmers in Ukraine. They're just two times cheaper than in America still maybe not two times Well, yeah, I think two times or something and that's the only reason people are doing distributed programming. Unfortunately, I'm saying this unfortunately because I still believe that the future is gonna be bright, so I think the future, in the future, will definitely be uh, working remotely. But in reality, we're not doing that. It's not happening, unfortunately. And, and, and I've read many articles that people are confirming that big companies like Google, Facebook, and Walmart, or something like that, so big companies, are. they tried to do uh, to to move to allow people to work remotely, to allow people to stay home uh, instead of coming to the office when they know what to do. When the, the, the tasks are clear, then the company said, okay, sure, stay in home, stay home and then work from there. But then they stopped to do that. I read that Google does not allow people to work from, from home at all. So that's just no home nor work from home policy in Google. You cannot just do that. Correct me if I'm wrong, but that's what I've heard when I talk to uh, when I talk to Google. Program to, pe- to people who work there. Maybe it's something changed, but like half a year ago, I, I had a, a conversation with a friend of mine who was who who is still working in Google, and he said like we're not allowed to do that, so we have to be in the office. So the big company Google is a huge company; they don't allow that. And I think that they're doing it for good now because they simply cannot. Uh, uh, they cannot manage uh, a distributed team as good as they would manage the team uh, sitting together in the same office. But that's the problem. I would like that's that's what I'm now. I'm asking you to think for the next few minutes. Uh, can you share? Uh, can you share your experience and tell me? how in your experience in your projects actually working remotely didn't work how you tried or how you've seen that being in the company and then they allowed you guys to stay to work from home and then you tried that and it didn't really work and and you you were not able to you know just share your tell me the story i mean it's interesting or maybe you can tell me that that it works for you maybe you can say like no actually it works for us we have a team of people and we all work from home and works perfectly fine. I'm interested to hear that because, well, my experience, that's, I can only share my experience now is that I've seen, I don't know, 10 different companies in California and 10 of them, all of them, 100% of them, they all said the same. That you know what, it's good to have programmers overseas, it's good to have some, you know, some people in Greece because they're two times cheaper or three times cheaper than in California or four times cheaper. But, you know, it's, it's a hassle. It's a problem. It's always a trouble. We, we cannot manage them. We cannot control them. It's a different time zone. They're always, it's, it's, this project is always, keeps falling apart. We're just losing, we're just losing control. And, and eventually we, we, we have to, and, and they're all saying, all these startups are saying that as soon as we have the money from the investor, we immediately hire the local team. So we stop that outsourcing, we stop that remote work, we just hire local people, we open an office on University Avenue somewhere in Palo Alto, and we just put everybody together. We just put our programmers together, we hire local programmers, and that's it. And investors, who I also had an opportunity to speak with, they're also expecting the same. They're always looking at your business plan, and if the business plan doesn't say that we're going to hire a local team sitting together working from here, from, from California, from Silicon Valley, then the plan doesn't look good for them. They're always, like, looking at you and saying, like, really, do you want to continue to work with people from from Brazil, even though we're going to give you all these millions? No, it's not good. So you, you need to use our money to hire local people. And it's not, because, it's not because they want to save, you know, they want to create more jobs for America. Not really. They're not... They, they they care about their financial results, first of all, and then maybe later about jobs for the country. So they want these people to sit together because they know that outsourcing, that that working remotely and allowing people to work from everywhere basically leads to problems. So the project will suffer. That's what I know. So I'm interested to know your stories. And, and, and while you're thinking about uh, the stories to share, I'll, uh, I'll tell you why I think it's happening, because it is happening, and uh, uh, wait a second, there's somebody's asking how to ask question, and I'm saying that uh, you, can, you can ask, you can raise your hand in, in Telegram as well, so just drop me a message and say, hey, I want to I speak up, and I'll, I'll give you the microphone. So let's just be, you know, informal. Just send me a message anywhere you want. I'm checking Zoom now, and I'm checking uh, Telegram group. So I'm interested to know what happens, what is happening on your side. Like, what's what's the trouble? So, okay, we have one person to speak up. Let's try... When you start, say just a few words about who you are because people don't know. So, give us some background of where you're coming from, what's the country, what's your name, and then tell us what you want to tell. Okay, let's try the first one. Hello. Hello. Sam? You got the microphone. Okay, let's wait a little bit. Um, so I think that's the reality. So we are kind of in trouble. I mean, it's not a trouble per se, because companies, they find you know ways to, to manage people anyhow. Remote or not remote, we still have projects done. So we, they complete, we develop software. So the software goes to the market, we finish our projects, Sooner or later, uh, we get paid for that. So the the industry is moving forward, definitely. But I think the trend now uh, is quite the opposite to what I said at the conference. So at the conference, I said, hey, guys, the trend is that we're going to go differently go to remote programming. We're all going to work from home. It's going to happen. Just wait five years or 10 years. There will be no offices. But the reality, which I see right now, is quite the opposite unfortunately. So I'm saying this in this chat. So right, what I see in California, for example, is that people are not interested to have any, any programmers working from any goddamn bloody home. Just stay home, just stay with us, stay in the office. That's what they say. And, and why it's happening now, we need to discuss that. Because it's sad, I think. It was quite a boom, like five years ago, maybe like seven years ago, when people started to work from home, maybe five years or so, when everybody starts saying that hey we we will be, we will be remote and that's so great, and many companies announced that saying that uh, that is going to happen, but it's not happening now we have the we, we, we have that, the backward we are reverting it all back. We're just having less and less companies are less and less interested to see their people working from starbucks and and what i see in california is that these starbucks workers they're all freelancers and not really well paid freelancers in most in most cases so it's really when you see people like sitting in the in the the starbucks and uh, with a laptop it's not if it's a programmer then it's a programmer who's looking for a job so it's not a programmer who is writing something or it's a startup founder. So it's somebody who is trying to create something on his or her own. So they are just uh, trying to create, then they're okay. Then they're programming, developing, but there's no salary at all. So they're just, they're just sitting on something which they need to, which they want to develop for themselves. But uh, if it's a, if it's somebody on the payroll, like a programmer from uh, who's making money, you know, by writing code for someone, then it's a, poor person I mean that person is not making a lot of money if that person is in Starbucks that's what I that's what I've observed <clears throat> and and then and that's and that's sad. so let's try to analyze why it's happening uh, let me open my notes yeah I wrote I wrote a blog post yeah <clears throat> I can I can tell you which notes I'm looking at right now I wrote a blog post about that um a month ago and it's called a remote slave is still a slave so i i it's kind of sarcastic uh, post semi-sarcastic because it contains like jokes 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 in the beginning and then in the end it suggests it explains what could be a, a better way to actually do that so i think that the problem there are a number of problems well, actually, not a number, maybe there's one problem. But I, can, I, I want to say what I think, why I think people are reverting this whole thing back. Why the, the companies are not really interested in uh, in having people in Starbucks? Why they want them to have in the office? So there are a number of reasons. First of all, of course, it's a communication issue. So it's difficult to communicate with that people. So it's way easier for uh, for a company, for a team, Uh, to talk when they're in the same room they it's just it's just natural so yeah hello do you need a microphone okay you I'll take it away from you and somebody else wants to speak up let me let me try so again when I give you the microphone uh, give us a little uh, intro and uh, who are you who you are And then just speak up. Go ahead. You got the microphone. VJ. Hello. Yeah, I think it works. Hey, check. Yeah, it works. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah.
1: Uh, Okay, I'm a little bit nervous.
0: (laughs) Go ahead, no problem.
1: Uh, Okay, so uh, a little background first, yes? Uh Uh-huh. So uh, for now, I work remotely. Mm -hmm. uh on the payroll, (laughs) and I make uh, quite a a lot of money uh, comparing to other developers in uh, Russia here. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh,
1: So uh, I worked in the office, Uh, I worked on Upwork, so I uh, get your article about remote slaving Mm -hmm. uh, personally. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I've uh, gone through uh, screen recording software uh, through... uh, through big uh, taxes and commission on Upwork and PayPal. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's uh, very close to me. But for now, uh, remote uh, work is actually work, uh, works great for our uh, team. Uh, so why it's work great? Mm-hmm. Um, so first of all, it's another big company. It's about uh, 25 people. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're spread across uh, nine cities in uh, russia and europe mm-hmm. uh, we work like uh it's it's an outsource project but uh we work with the same customer for about like 10 years or 15 years so it's more like outstaffing than outsourcing mm-hmm. um and uh the ceo uh, ceo or uh, like uh, the <laughs> the boss the project manager mm-hmm. uh, so the the leader he really believes in uh, de- uh in uh, how they uh, de- de- decentralized uh, development he really believes in uh, remote work mm-hmm. and he uh, like uh, mm, and he built uh, everything uh, to make this remote uh, work actually actually delivered the results. And, so uh,
0: long, and I see... Well, how long do you work like that? How many months or years?
1: Uh, re- remotely at all? Or in this particular this company? company? With this company? Uh, this company almost almost for a year.
0: Huh. And all yeah, the years it's remote work? All this time?
1: Uh, yes. Uh, I, I almost... Uh, I didn't work at office like uh, so okay, I work at the office uh, for about like uh, four or six months in in my entire life, <laughs> and all other time I work uh, exclusively remotely.
0: <laughs> uh uh-huh. and, and how many how many like meetings or how do you how do you resolve the communication like problem? How often do you talk? There's twenty five people. How do you communicate?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's that's uh, actually uh, the thing because uh, the only. Uh, way we talk to each other, it's uh, like giving uh, like performance reviews. So any other communication goes through GitHub, uh, Jira, Slack, uh, like this. So no uh, like personal verbal communication uh, about uh, work, about code. Uh
0: huh. So you don't have? Do you have stand up meetings every morning? No, no,
1: not no any stand up. Uh, our customer uh, from USA. Uh, <laughs> Every now and then uh, tries to force our CEO to go s- through some uh, stand-ups or through s- scrum uh, nonsense. Uh-huh. But uh, our CEO uh, constantly rejects it and do it effectively.
0: <laughs> oh, that's nice. That's a good story. Yeah, yeah. But you are okay. That's a good story. And. Uh, uh, so so the business is that the customers so you're like you're like a service company right so you're developing something for the customer from America right from the United yes, States yes yes uh-huh and and the, how successful is the product i mean the project how do you think this customer happy or
1: yeah the customer is very happy and the project is uh, quite a big it's uh, actually i think it's not a secret because uh, we list our customer on uh, um, on hiring job uh, services Mm-hmm. So it's uh, a Praetorian Digital, mm-hmm. our customer.
0: Mm-hmm. It's a big company. Uh,
1: yes, it's, it's uh, quite a big company. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, communication is great. Uh, and uh, inter-development communication is great too. But it uh, can only be achieved in like a couple of ways. I think very similar to those ways you uh, like preach in your <laughs> management articles.
0: Uh, yeah, it sounds like you're doing like a good job in terms of management. So your example. Is yes, good. yes. So yes. management
1: is absolutely great. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the main reason uh, we didn't fail for for 10 years, for all the years.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, that, well, that makes sense. You're kind of counter example to what I'm saying, but. Yes, you yes. You definitely see that the way you guys are managing the team is different from a traditional management, right? A- absolutely, yes, yes. And how do you... I'm, yeah, go ahead. I uh,
1: am um, uh, also wanted to say uh, that uh, I'm the, actually the only example that I know across my friends. So any other, my friend or uh, uh, past co-worker who tried like go remote uh, eventually failed uh, because reasons you said later. So uh, he either uh, he either lacking like, English skills communication mm-hmm. or uh, he or she... Mm-hmm. uh found like bad some bad customer on upwork uh, who didn't pay a lot of money uh some company uh, actually my past company tried to go remote and uh, freelancers always disappeared and all these bad things happened so they revoked to uh, like office work you see
0: so, so you
1: true that i'm actually a counter example
0: You're crowned an example, yeah. So you work from home alone or you have like a local group with you?
1: No, only I'm the only one uh, from my city in this company.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. So you just work from home or from cafe or coffee? Yes, yes, from
1: anywhere I want. Mm
0: -hmm. That's nice well okay thanks for your feedback i mean that's a, that's definitely count example but you just admitted and i we both agree that that would be possible be, that it is possible because the way you guys manage your project is different is not traditional management it's different yes on, only because of this because of that okay thanks for that let me continue then okay yeah, thank you. okay thank you well you just heard that was that was an interesting opinion which kind of uh uh which kind of not confirmed which what I was saying, because I was saying that companies fail most of the time, but you just heard that the information that people around that guy they, they in most cases they fail and and um, again, if you want to give give me some uh, oh there's one hand raised, oh, you can raise the hand with this software. okay, let me hear another story. Uh, I'm unmuting you. go ahead, introduce yourself a little bit hello, yeah, you.
2: This is Tamjid, I am from India.
0: Yeah, hi man.
2: Yeah, hi hi, everyone here.
0: Go ahead,
2: yeah. Uh, basically what we see is when we have a development, uh, like I'm an architect, I'm a Java architect, I also did a certification in JavaScript. So these are the two primary languages which I work on. Okay. And I also have a software consultancy in, the, in India and also Another one, which is out-and-out out, uh, services company. Okay. Uh, we have some real good exposure when it comes to diversity. Like, there are some small to large clients. Okay. What we generally notice in uh, distributed development is basically if the requirements are clearly captured, which essentially forms the documentation part of it. Okay. Most of the work is done very easily. But when it comes to like, when you have uncertainty, there, volatility in the requirement, it percolates down to every level of the development. Mm-hmm. Now this particular uncertainty, we got to resolve with tools. Uh, like we imposed uh, Jira as one of our tools to see that the single source of truth is there always. Mm-hmm. So that everyone goes and refers to a requirement from one place and they collaborate there okay. and then freeze it. So in that sense, what happens is there is single reference of document uh, with the latest version available uh, being referenced by every department in the development, like be it the uh, quality assurance team, be it the uh, business team, be it the development team. They are talking the same language. So when we did this, yes, then the uh, distributed uh, development really came in handy. We could allow people to work from home. And since there is a clarity in work, like they have certainty in uh, at every aspect, it went smooth. But there was one project where the deadline was imposed on us. Okay, and this is where everything went haywire. Uh, we had to have uh, like uh, requirements which were not frozen from the client's perspective. Uh, initially, there were some certain number of core features agreed, but in a very little time they change the scope uh, to critical requirements which were not there earlier. Now this project went for a toss literally, like we could, we could not meet the deadlines. And this is where we wanted to understand how can we communicate back to the customer that the scope is volatile and or uh, because of some uh, requirement index we can't take it forward in our optimal way. You got it. Uh, This part is something which I always wanted to look at how it can be imposed in a way where distributed programming can be picked up by refining our requirements in the best clarity that we can. Mm -hmm.
0: Uh,
2: One analysis that I know is requirement traceability matrix Mm -hmm. and there is something called function point analysis. We do it but still it's like it doesn't give that kind of uh, uh, hold on the requirements volatility. So educating the client is again a difficult task saying that uh, your index volatility is high. And
0: okay, I get it, I get it, I totally agree about that. But let me ask you some questions. So you're the service company, right? So you're, right. okay. And uh, you so you're definitely, you have an office in India, right? Right. And how many, like, what's your position? Are you the manager or developer? What are you doing?
2: Uh, I am actually the founder and I'm also the architect there. And also take the executive okay. task.
0: Okay, and you and you allow so you allow your programmers who work with you in your pro in, in your company. You allow them f- to work from home or sometimes from home. Or how this technically uh, works?
2: So what we generally do is we get this uh, pro uh, project manager yeah. to come with this uh, something called Zira status of the project like Atlassian Zira. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there is a dashboard that we form for any project. Okay like what is a complete rating of the requirement. Yeah, and yeah. if it turns green, we have something called, yes, now it is ready to go. It can be broken down into real good uh, tasks where uh, developers have assigned work.
0: Yeah. It's
2: basically WBS structure, work breakdown structure, uh, translated into real good tasks.
0: Yeah, but can they can they work for the whole week sitting at home and looking at Jira and Brenda? No,
2: no, no, there is, there is definitely an induction which will be there uh, when the project is kick-started. And uh, the design is communicated at a very high level, like what it is going to be. Okay. After that, I think it's all syntactical prowess. Like if they are good enough, uh, they'll be translated. But we always have 10% of uh, like people who are not able to. So that's where we try to put the buffer. Like we put uh, two to three people uh, like uh, on demand hiring will be done just in case we find that it's not happening.
0: Yeah, but still, still, my question is, these people, your programmers, they sit, they sit at home
2: or they sit in your office? Right, right. Yeah, majority. The moment we cross the design phase, yes. Most of the like entry-level programmers, like we say L1 and L2, yeah. uh, they are allowed to work from home.
0: They are allowed or they work from home?
2: They also like to work from home.
0: They like. So, like, let's, let's speak about the reality. So, what happens in the reality? They really work from home or they just come to the office because it's easier for them?
2: Yeah, it happens. It happens. That's where we take the risk. Uh, and we put this uh, log, time log as a criteria. Okay, and so the question,
0: is, okay, the question is for you as a founder of the company, as a, as a people who's responsible for money for results. Do you, do you see, uh, how do you feel and how do you see which people are more productive? The people who stay home or people who are in the office? Let's let's, uh, be let's be honest.
2: Let's I come from Indian uh, uh, ethnicity and background. What I generally see is, uh, in our case, especially in India, it is the other way around. I could see uh, productivity a little high when they are uh, at office, also, but at, when they are at home, uh, and at home, it's there, but it's not consistent. You got it? It's not consistent.
0: So you don't, yeah, it's exactly, that's the right word. So you don't, you can't really predict what's going to happen when they are sitting. Exactly. Home.
2: There's a volatility in what uh, we can predict. Yeah.
0: Exactly, exactly. That's, that's my point. Yeah. So you kind of confirm. So you definitely, but again, the next question for you as a founder, would you like to see more people sitting at home or you want to have them in the office and have higher consistency and higher predictability? As a manager, yes. as
2: a founder, I think with the predictability there, yes, I would be definitely happy to see them work from home because if they work in their own uh, like liberty and still can contribute substantially well as they could do when they are at office, that's a win-win scenario there. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, we also don't believe in the fact that we should waste time in uh, uh, like utterly nonsense meeting where we put uh, a lot of people into one room and discuss one point, wasting the project cost and time
0: hmm Well, then you're saying what you, yeah, I, I, to, I like that answer because you just said the right word, consistency. That's, I think, that's, I think why companies like Google and other, companies, and other big companies, they just decided not to do this remote work because there's not enough consistency. They just expect, you know, they want to be more predictable. And people sitting together in the same room are definitely, you're, you, you can see it yourself, they're way more predictable because you know what's going to happen tomorrow. Right, um, right. Yeah, and even you having this JIRA and you have these requirements analysis tools and you're using these functional points and everything, but still with all these tools, it's still better for you to have people together, right?
2: Exactly. Uh, in our scenario, it's a different case altogether, Igor. Like, uh, we definitely have to go by a custom uh, or a tailored process here. Uh, we can't just go by a global phenomenon of, like, uh, maybe in Russia it is viable to work from home and the commitment is quite consistent there. But in India, it's literally like we live with diversities. Though we are a big country, we have diversity. And uh, some people are accustomed to work from office, so that comes with culture. Mm-hmm. Some people like to work uh, from home, like uh, if they're from urban background and all the stuff, they're quite well aware of working from home and uh, they also work out from uh, like outlets, coffee shops and all the stuff. But end of the day, what I have seen is uh, with uh, a country like India, what I have seen is if the requirements are properly frozen mostly and it's mm-hmm. properly communicated to the team, uh, I think we can get a consistent output. What I've generally seen is most of the projects fail because of the uh, lack of clarity about the requirement itself and then making them into tasks is a straightforward uh, trivial task, but the big deal always comes from the client's interaction.
0: Uh Aha, so you're saying that if I give you, I'm your client, I give you the clear, stable, frozen, like you're calling them, frozen requirements, and I don't change them over the course of the project. And they are, you know, clearly described and in a good, proper document. And then if I, have, if I give you that, then you will be able to put your programmers at home if these programmers are, you know, like to work from home. Yeah, I, 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 just- I think that's...
2: Exactly. See, we are good at task management. Like, like there are task masters uh, who are out and out manage uh, managers who have a good trace uh, traceability uh, matrix around the work involved. And there are people who review the code at uh, like regularly, like I don't know, it is two to three days in a time. Mm-hmm. And we have good amount of like visibility about the work which is being pushed against the plan. Mm-hmm the moment it is very well frozen so that part if it is there yes we have a very good uh, like l4 l5 team which is management and lead team who are a bridge between the functionality and the technical part they do that job
0: they do it well okay but if they okay let me ask you another question uh, if they stay home Uh, And work from home. Do you still have uh, these stand-up meetings in the morning? For example? What how do you manage these people if they're Uh, they're...
2: completely we completely snub this so we don't get into uh, Stand-up meetings. It is more of a query which is posted onto the Zira, like I have a problem here and that is going to be resolved
0: So you you don't have you don't have stand-up meetings or management meetings.
2: Uh, No, no We don't want to leak data by verbal communications and all that stuff, we generally go and push it on to
0: huh So if I'm, I would be your programmer and I would, you, you, you would pay me for writing code and I would be sitting at home and I will get all my tasks through Jira and I don't need to get some phone calls from you. Yeah. I'm not going to have.
2: Right. And Bitbucket is integrated into, uh, the Bitbucket is basically the clone of uh, like an abstract or a wrapper around GitHub. Mm-hmm. So it is integrated directly into Zira. So what what's happens? The, what's the, the name of the, power? the
0: power? again? What is it? Bitbucket. Bitbucket, I get it, okay, Uh bitbucket, uh-huh.
2: So we use this tool for uh, source code repository, Mm -hmm. and with which what we can do is we can literally go to the level of referring the line of code and getting their opinion and getting it uh, rectified on the fly. Uh
0: Uh-huh, okay, okay, I get it. Well, you're again like a, a good example. Well, you're doing definitely not, not the traditional management if you don't have meetings and if you manage tasks through Jira and do you have like a special dedicated person for this, like a project manager? Yeah. Yeah. This? We
2: actually have uh, like, if we, if we form a uh, project team, uh, there are two uh, Atlassian specialists who will be there, uh-huh. uh, which is a prerequisite for a project, for, for a project manager or a lead, which will always ask for, okay. And, then we get the tailored-made process that we implement in our company, uh, given as a knowledge transfer to him, so that he can start the project.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. Well, I got it. Thanks. So I, 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 it looks like you're doing management on a good level. So if you would uh, remove that Jira and if you remove that tools like Bitbucket and and then definitely the management will be trouble and if the requirements would be more volatile and you would you would do some startup project when start startup product when when it's not clear what it's going to be in the end then also you would have a trouble right you would have a problem
2: yeah these are serious serious problems because we are centrally dependent on a set of tools and expertise
0: mm-hmm. yeah i got it okay thanks for that thanks for sharing let me continue. thank you yeah thanks man uh, so that was, we got two opinions and uh, in two cases, people are kind of happy with the remote work. Uh, in the first place, we've heard the story that, uh, that the whole team is distributed and uh, people are sitting in nine different cities, uh, which is quite extreme uh, setup. In the second story, we've heard a, a situation where it's actually one company, a service company. Well, in the first case, it was a service company as well. The second one is a service company with one central office, but people are allowed to work from home when requirements are more or less stable and when they like to work from home. And the company has more or less proper management through the, the, the tools, not, not via the phone calls or you know in-person communications, as, as far as I get, uh, in-person, like in, in face-to-face communications to deliver the task to the team. So that's kind of, again, con- confirms my ideas that uh, companies, that's what I wanted to say. That's why I understand what's happening is that companies just don't really know how to to organize the management the right way. And all they do is that they know that some people would like to work from home and they say, sure, let's let's allow them to do that because people will be happy to work from home because it's so... Uh, it's so popular now, and they're so you know it's it's everywhere. There are platforms for that. So how about we just pick the right, the best developer in the team and let that person stay stay home? And that's not enough. We just heard you just heard the story. It's not enough that just the traditional management will not be uh, is not going to help, and it's not just not going to help. It's going to make the situation worse. So we will just, by letting people be at home, we will just ruin the whole project. And that's why I think these big companies like Google and others to just deciding, just stop it. We don't know how to do it, so let's not even try. Let's just put these guys together in the office, let them communicate the way they've been communicating for hundreds of years, and they will somehow deliver something. So that's what's happening. We just we just not smart enough in terms of management, uh, and that's why remote management doesn't work. And maybe this podcast, people, I think people join that podcast because they read my articles time to time, and I think they are on the, they are, well, I'm not saying the best people in the world in terms of management, but they definitely do the management in a better way than other than other companies. So maybe that's why we've heard two stories of kind of successful uh, implementation of, of remote work. Because if we talk to, I think, if we talk to more you know, traditional uh, companies and teams, they would say, no, it doesn't work for me. That's, what, that's the teams I've seen being in California for years. I've met a number of uh, teams, and they were from small to quite big, Well, I haven't met like big teams like Google. I've never been in the Google office. I've never, you know, seen the project uh, there. But I spoke to a few people from Oracle, for example. It's also quite a big company. (laughs) Well, maybe the same size as Google. So a few friends of mine who are in Oracle, they told me that remote work is not an option at all. You have to be in the office. You don't need to work. You don't need to be productive. You don't need to spend your full day on actually producing some results. But you have to be in the office. That's what they're doing, and I blame managers for that. I just, I just blame them for for not having the the, the ability and skills to actually manage people differently. And my point is that remote work is a completely different ball game, just a completely different story. You cannot manage uh, people when they're at home the same way you were managing people in the office just completely two different kinds of management in office management is based on emotions a lot of it's based on guilt a lot of it's based on uh personalities when you are in the office you deal with people you deal with emotions you deal with personalities you manage basically animals like you need to understand how to do that because they they behave like, like animals in the office. You, you can raise your voice a little bit and the task will be done by the end of the day. That's how you manage in the office. Remotely, it's not going to help because remotely it's a different, completely different rules of the game. Remotely, you need to find different instruments for uh, motivating your people. You need to find different instruments for uh, tracking the, the, the results they produce. In the office, you can look over the shoulder of the guy and, and ask, what are you doing? And you're going to get the answer. And it's going to be more or less precise answer. You're going to know for more or less for sure what this guy is doing. Remotely, you cannot just call and say, what are you doing? You're going to get a false answer. In most cases, they're going to lie to you. And so you need to find, you as a manager, you need to find different instruments to do that. That's what I'm thinking. And in my article, I tried to uh, to emphasize, the, to highlight the four typical um, Four typical uh, problems and four typical uh, bottlenecks which you're definitely going to hit if you if you go just remotely without doing the things which these two people who called us today uh, did so they had def- def- they definitely managed. they have definitely software for managing tasks they have they track uh, they, they don't have meetings as you see they don 't do these stand up meetings because they completely they are good for the in office management when people are sitting sit, standing in front of you and they don 't feel ashamed tomorrow because they failed yesterday that 's why they 're going to work better just not to be ashamed and during the stand up meeting so this stand up meeting is a is a guilt driven development in most cases they're just they just people afraid of being ashamed that 's why they 're going to produce better and and they 're going to be uh, more responsive and more, uh, you know, dedicated to the job they're doing. Remotely, it's a it's a different story because there's no meeting. So it's a good like these two people who called us. They said they don't have uh, stand up meetings, and that's that's an indicator for me that they don't have stand up meetings. It meaning that they have something else because they don't ask people what were you doing yesterday and what your plans are for today. But they get this information somehow. For the management, they need to know what they're working on. So that's why they need something else like tickets in GitHub or tickets in Jira or uh, some something something similar to that. And they definitely have that. So let me summarize, and we can finish. Is that um, try to? <laughs> that's that's my summary for today. So uh, watch the presentations, but my two presentations I mentioned. But remember that I kind of lied there. Uh, not lied, but I, I, I gave the picture of the future the way I wanted to see, but not the way I see it now. So what I see is happening is that big companies and, and a lot of startups are actually not capable of doing the new way of management, are not capable of changing. They, they're not ready to change. They are still in the era of guilt, of management by guilt. Yeah, exactly. That's a comment in chat that we have the shiny, bright future. So the future is really bright, but the reality, the current, the present is kind of uh, yeah. And of course, the answer is <laughs> there is somebody in the chat saying that uh, uh, that zerocracy is my is my platform, which which we're working on right now is going to be the answer. That's true. It's one of the answers. So GitHub, I'm not going to invent GitHub. GitHub is already there, and Jira is already there. And uh, many and, and Zoom, for example, this software is already there. So some of these tools will be definitely used and more more intensively by programmers in the future. But it's not enough. So we need something else. We need to change the mindset of managers. That's what I'm saying. That we need to change the way we understand management of people. And we'll try to talk about that more and more in the you know next next episodes of this podcast. So let me finish, I think it's done for today. We planned for an hour, we spent 50, 50 something, 55 minutes. Um, I don't know how it worked, it's a pilot. So we had two guests, me as a host. Uh, See you next week on Monday. I'll I'll try to bring more subjects and uh, more guests probably will join us. Um, If any one of you is interested to be a more or less uh, permanent guest or kind of a resident, uh, shoot me a message, let's discuss. But for now, maybe for the next few episodes, I'll try to stay myself to see, you know, the reaction, to see what, what we can discuss. And we'll take it from there. So thank you very much for coming. It's going to be a recording on SoundCloud and then on iTunes. I'll stop right now. Have a good day. Bye-bye.